Welcome to Tres Cuentos. Today we finalize our journey through the stories about power. Today's cuento comes from a land that some of you are already familiar with, Guatemala. The source of this cuento is the book Legends of Guatemala by Miguel Ángel Asturias. Remember, if you like Tres Cuentos, the literary podcast dedicated to the traditional narratives of Latin America, please give us a like on Facebook and subscribe to our website, trescuentos.basesprout.com. As well, you can find us in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iVox. My name is Carolina Quiroga Stoltz, and now I invite you to pay careful attention to the following cuento. Perhaps you'll find yourself reflected in it. The Legend of La Tatuana The hero comes to rescue a piece of himself that has been given to the wrong person. If you were to meet Maestro Almendro, Master Almond, in his human form, you would see a wise native Mayan man with a rosy beard. He was one of those men that the white man thought he had riches hidden somewhere because Maestro Almendro knew how to read the stars, how to use plants to cure diseases, and how to talk to the talking stone, the obsidian. You see, Maestro Almendro was a shape shifter. When Maestro Almendro had taken his tree form, people would see an almond tree with rosy leaves. People said that that tree had been there since forever. From time to time, Maestro Almendro would feel the need of seeing the world beyond, and he would give his soul to the four caminos, the four roads, so they would go in all four directions and smell, feel, see, and taste the world for him. Then they would come back and nurture him. Well, it happens that during colonial times, one day, Maestro Almendro again felt that urge for knowledge. So he gave his soul to the four caminos, and they left in different directions. When the north camino was flying through the air, a dove joined him saying, Caminito, caminito. Will you give me your master's soul? If you do that, I promise you that you will rule the roads of the winds. The North Camino thought, That dove is going cuckoo. And he flew away. When the East Camino was swimming down the river, a salmon joined him saying, Caminito, caminito, will you give me your master's soul? If you do that, 
I promise you that you will rule the roads of the rivers. The East Camino thought the salmon is fried, and he swam away. When the West Camino was running through the forest, the leaves of the trees around him whispered, Caminito, Caminito, will you give us your master's soul? If you do that, we promise you that you will rule the roads of the leaves. The West Camino thought, these leaves are falling, and he ran away. However, someone else had a different agenda. When the South Camino reached the town, he crossed the streets, and when he arrived at the biggest house in town, he knocked on the door, and when the owner opened, the South Camino offered Maestro Almendro's soul for something that we will never know. But what we know is that the owner of that house was the merchant of the priceless jewels who desperately wanted Maestro Almendro's soul because in one of his journeys to the old continent, that is, Africa, he had seen the most beautiful black woman, and he desired her so badly. But the only way to own her was by trading her for something as precious as Maestro Almendro's soul. When Maestro Almendro found out, he took the shape of a native Mayan man and headed into the town. When he arrived at the biggest house in town, he knocked on the door, and when the merchant of the priceless jewels answered, Maestro Almendro said, Señor, I have come to know that you have my soul. Por favor, señor, give me back my soul. I'll give you anything. I can teach you how to read the stars, how to use the plants to cure diseases, and how to talk to the talking stone. But por favor, señor, give me back my soul. <laughs> indio, indio, don't you know who I am? I am the merchant of the priceless jewels. My jewels don't have a price. But por favor, señor, I need my soul back. I can fill up a lake with emeralds, señor, just for you, por favor. Are you deaf, Indio? Did you not hear what I said? My jewels don't have a price. And the merchant of the priceless jewels shut the door in Maestro Almendro's face. Next day, the merchant of the priceless jewels left for Africa. He looked everywhere, and when he found his black pearl, he was able to trade her for Maestro Almendro's soul. Then he acquired more slaves and journeyed back to Guatemala. When they reached the shores of Yucatan, the merchant of the priceless jewels called his black pearl and said, My black pearl, 
Do you see those lands on the horizon? They are mine, and they can be yours as long as you do what I say. Months passed, and one sunset, while the merchant of the priceless jewels was lying on his hammock with his black pearl, he said to her, Do you want to know how I bought you? <laughs> I traded you for Maestro Almendro's soul. Do you know what he promised me? That he could teach me how to read the stars, how to use the plants to cure diseases, how to talk to a talking stone. <laughs> But oh, oh, I refused because all I wanted was you. Well, time passes, and one day, the merchant of the priceless jewels was feeling full of himself and in need to teach his servants a lesson. So he ordered them to bring him his brand new stallion, a wild horse he had recently acquired, and he said to his black pearl, My dear Black Pearl, <laughs> watch me tame this wild horse just as I have tamed your soul. Ride, wild horse, ride! And for the first time in his wild life, the horse followed an order. The stallion rode as fast as he could. And when the merchant of the priceless jewels looked back and saw that his hacienda was now looking so tiny in the distance. He got scared and yelled, Stop, wild horse, stop! And for the last time in his wild life, the horse followed an order. He suddenly stopped, throwing the rider off. The merchant of the priceless jewels landed on top of the talking stone, the obsidian. Perhaps, had he known how to talk to the stone, he could have survived. But he did not understand when she said, ¡Qué tonto! Si tan solo hubieras escuchado al maestro Almendro. And the merchant of the priceless jewels died. To those who are asking what happened to Maestro Almendro? Well, after the merchant of the priceless jewels shut the door in front of him, Maestro Almendro became a lost soul. He began wandering down the streets of Guatemala, sometimes stopping and asking a stranger, Have you, um, have you seen my soul? People said he had gone cuckoo. Not only because he was asking a very weird question, but he was constantly followed by stray dogs. Well, it happens that one day, right after the merchant of the priceless jewels had died, this information came to the knowledge of the dogs who guided Maestro Almendro to the biggest house in town. There, the dogs began to... Guess who opened the door? Yes, it was the black pearl. She asked, Señor, may I help you? Señorita, have you, have you seen my soul? Oh, she knew 
who he was. Gently, she grabbed his hand and welcomed him into the house. There, she washed his face and said, Maestro, I am your soul now. Oh, yes, they fell in love, and it was the most beautiful love that the world had ever seen. I mean, to me, Romeo and Juliet were just flirting, because to me, the most beautiful love is the one that can pass the color of your skin, your beliefs, your origin, accent, and all those layers that we are constantly wearing and can love you for who you truly are. But you know how some people are, especially in those colonial times. The very decent and righteous people of the town began to say, Hmm, an Indian and a black woman. No, 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 no. This is terrible. We can't allow that. This is a very decent town. So, the very good, decent people got them arrested. Her for witchcraft and him for sorcery. They were put in jail, awaiting for sentence. The night before the execution, Maestro Almendro asked his cell guard if he could see his soul for the last time. The guard agreed and walked him to her cell. There, Maestro Almendro gently grabbed her face with his two beautiful Mayan hands and said, My soul, listen carefully. I want you to be as free as my thoughts. Then Maestro Almendro tattooed with his fingernail on her shoulder the shape of a boat and said, When you are ready to be free, draw a ship or a boat on the wall, then close your eyes and see yourself sailing on that boat. Maestro Almendro went back to his cell. Next morning, when the executioners came to pick her up, they found her cell empty. They looked everywhere. It was impossible for her to escape. The cell was so small, but one guard later swore that he saw a drawing of a boat on the wall and a woman sailing on it. Quickly, the executioners ran to Maestro Almendro's cell, only to find that it was full. They could not even get in. Inside of it was an almond tree trunk, and the whole floor was covered with rosy leaves. No one knows what truly happened to Maestro Almendro and the Black Pearl. And that is all that Miguel Ángel Asturias, the author of this legend, tell us about La Tatuana. But I like to think that perhaps they met again, or that she was able to go back to her people, or perhaps she just found 
a friendly shore. Whatever it was, I'm sure about one thing. Maestro Almendro went back to his Maya people, and until today, they are still fighting to get their souls back, their lands. Y colorín colorado, este cuento se ha acabado. Very well, let's talk about the story. It is important to understand that this is a fictional story that attempts to reflect on historical and mythical aspects of a culture. If you read the story as it was written by Miguel Ángel Asturias and you compare the story with my version, you will find that I have made some slight changes. The main reason was that the story by itself might not be easy to understand, and if you don't have previous knowledge about the Mayan culture or their history, well, you might get lost. From the book, The Hispano-American Literature, an anthology and historical introduction by Enrique Anderson, Embert, and Eugenio Florit, the authors tell us more about the Caminos, the four roads. They remind the reader that in the Mayan mythology, there was the belief that when a person had passed away, they would arrive at Xibalba, the underworld, or the place of the dead. There, the person had to cross four roads, the red road, the green road, the white road, and the black road. This last road was a deceiver because he would compliment the traveler's pride, telling them that he was the road that would lead them to the king. But it wasn't. Regarding the character of the black pearl or La Tatuana, my theory is that her character was inspired based on a legendary woman known as La Mulata de Córdoba. To support my claim, I will share with you a brief account of her story, and I'm sure you will find the resemblance. From the book The Streets of Mexico by Luis González Obregón, we find that there are no historical records about this extraordinary woman. More than 200 years ago, there lived in Córdoba, Mexico, a woman that never seemed to age. No one knew who she was. They simply called her La Mulata. That is, a woman whose parents were from different races. Most likely one was white and the other one was black. Many locals consider her a witch that probably had made a pact with the devil. As many swore, the evil master would visit her at night. People assured that past midnight, anyone could see coming out of her house a sinister light. A light so powerful that it seemed as if a fire was devouring the house from inside. Others said that they had seen her flying over the roofs and giving people satanic looks. 
all the young men that would come to the town would fall in love with her, but she never corresponded to their intentions. Perhaps, as many claimed, it was because Satan was her only master. It was also said that she could be in two places at the same time. Yet, there were also rumors about the miracles she could perform. Despite the gossip, this mysterious and frightening woman would attend Mass. She would take all the sacraments and generously give donations and even help those in need. The sorcerer, that most likely was a healer, would advocate for the needy. She would help spinsters in hopes to find a husband. She would help the hard-working people, soldiers, doctors, anyone. And as far as we know, they all were satisfied with her services. The story tells us that one day, this woman was brought to justice. She was imprisoned in the jail of the Holy Office. The rumors say that the reason why she ended up in the hands of the Holy Jury was that they owed her a fortune, so they needed to get rid of her. Another source assured that it was a rejected suitor or lover that couldn't handle the fact that she would not take a man for a husband. Probably, she just wanted to be independent, or she didn't like men. And you know, in those times, both things were unacceptable. Legend tells that one night, the prison's guard came to her cell and was amazed by what he saw painted on the walls. There was a drawing of a ship made with charcoal. At that moment, the woman asked the man, What do you think the ship is missing? The man said, What kind of question is that? You should repent and save your soul from the flames of hell. The only thing that ship needs is to sail. So she replied, Well, if that is what you want, then the ship will sail. And the next thing he remembers is seeing her jumping into the ship and then watching how the ship slowly began to move through the wall and later disappeared with the woman when the ship turned around on one of the corners of the jail cell. In conclusion, I think that Miguel Ángel Asturias used some of the elements of the story of La Mulata de Córdoba and mixed them with the situation of the Maya people to represent the historical condition of the indigenous people and the Afro-descendants, where healers were considered sorcerers or disbelievers. Therefore, they needed to be punished. Well, friends, this is all for now. Tres Cuentos, advices to reflect on history so we can break the cycles of injustice and racism that have been looping around for centuries. It is about time. With this last cuento, we conclude the series on Tales of Power. Next time, 
Tres cuentos will bring myths about how the world was made. Until the next cuento. Remember to follow Tres Cuentos on Facebook, iTunes, Buzzsprout, iVox, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Tres Cuentos is an exercise of creative writing, researching, and retelling. This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by Carolina Quiroga Stoltz. Proof listening, proof reading, and the merchant's voice by my good friend Don Heimel. The music and sound effects were downloaded from the YouTube audio library and freesound.org. The list of credits and the sources of this story can be found in the transcript. Thanks for listening. Adios, adios. 